0: From the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Black Box After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Black Box After Show.
1: Yankee Doodle went to town.
2: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Siobhan Williams, one of the stars of Black Box, is with us tonight here in studio. So excited you're here tonight. Thank you. We have Thank been you. looking forward to this. And I am Mindy Thomas. Thanks so much for joining us here in the studio for the after show of Black Box. Uh, this was episode eight tonight called Sing Like Me. And I understand, Siobhan, you do have... A musical background.
3: I do. I don't know if you want to sing like me, but. Uh, <laughs>
2: well, is it true that you're a singer and a songwriter?
3: Um, I am, not professionally, but. Uh, oh, it's, very cool. It's a little hobby of mine. Okay, yeah.
2: so we might be hearing some Yankee Doodle Dandy. As um, the-
3: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> not, not from this side of the table, okay. anyway, but.
2: <laughs> I'm Teresa Law, and I'm super excited to be
1: here with you guys today and to have our special guest, Siobhan Williams, here. Um, Lots of good things happening in this episode. One of the things that I've noticed um, theme-wise, besides the big musical theme, was the relationship progressions in this episode. We've seen it with Catherine and Bickman. She goes up to him and pretty much admits that she has feelings for him. And then we also see
2: her relationship with her father progress so lots of great nuggets there that's right and Catherine also made her way over to see esme after about a month and Shabon Williams playing Esme Black, uh, Kelly Riley's daughter. Uh, Kelly Riley, of course, the neuroscientist who suffers with manic depression. And Siobhan Williams is uh, playing Esme, who is her daughter on the show. However, yes. you do not know you are her daughter.
3: No, it's very confusing trying to explain uh, my character to someone who doesn't know the show. <laughs> because I'm like, I play Kelly Riley's daughter, but I also play Laura Fraser's daughter. Um yeah, Kelly Kelly plays my biological mother, but she didn't raise me. I was raised by her uh, sister-in-law and her brother.
2: Yeah, that's a, com- mm-hmm. a very complex range to play. Yeah. And I have really enjoyed getting to know you more through that character. And I'm excited to see when you're
1: actually going to find out or if you are going to find out. Yeah, so I guess we'll have to tune in. And I mean, and
2: can you see. tell us anything? Are any we going cheese-er? to see any <laughs> symptoms at least in the weeks
3: ahead? Um, uh, if you
2: can say anything, but uh, I mean, no pressure here. <laughs> I mean, it's there.
3: It's a situation, so I think it's it's got to be dealt with sooner or later. I don't I don't know if you'll see this season, but you might. Right. But you might right. not.
2: <laughs> right now, uh, how did you find uh, tonight's episode with the music? And uh, there was. A lot of different um, central, there was a central theme of music and different mm-hmm. case studies. And uh, and then I noticed the music at the very end that all you guys were singing. <laughs> that was a great scene as well.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know that all of the actors were, uh, we were really interested when we read the episode at first uh, to see how it was going to turn out in I think it turned out really well. Uh, it was interesting to incorporate all the different musical elements because it, it was such a strong theme. It wasn't really subtle by any means. It was very much the theme of the episode, even in the title. Um, and, yeah, the the family scene at the end when we were singing it was really fun. Most of that scene was actually improvised at the time. Ah. Um, yeah, the songs were set that we, that we were going to be singing, but as for all the banter back and forth between Hunter and myself and Kelly and whatnot, uh, that was all... Improvised, which is really that's fun. really great. awesome. That mm-hmm. that
1: really shows the dynamic of the cast. You yeah. seem yeah. to have you know a really great relationship with everyone. What's yeah. it like? Can you can you tell us a little bit of what it's like on set and working with your cast members?
3: Yeah, um, the whole family had such great chemistry, and I know because the directors would rotate every two episodes. Every time we'd have a, have a, a director come in, where we'd have a family scene, especially at the at the house at the Black House, um, the directors would just be like, "Wow." And they just kind of sit and watch us because we'd all be doing the most ridiculous things. Like, (laughs) actually, for example, the dinner scene, um, that was in last week's episode, um, that we kind of started the scene off really lighthearted, and I was writing all these, uh, I was writing all these things on my phone and showing them to Kelly right before we started the scene to make her laugh. And then we'd kind of go in from there. So it was very much like a real family. It was great. That's a great
2: environment to be in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have a comfort level level to improv and just um, sort of get past all of the, you don't know, have any nerve. I mean, you just yeah. kind of being being yourself through this character. And I bet that's a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, exactly. It was great.
2: Yeah. Well,
1: let's let's delve into your background a little bit. Um, and i know you mentioned you're from calgary mm-hmm. um and you were filming your amc show out there um and then you went to film for black box in new york mm-hmm. tell us what what that was like in new york
3: um it was a big adventure <laughs> i'd never been in new york before um so it was quite the whirlwind for me and and i spent most of the summer in calgary last summer um i was filming a show called hell on wheels and then a, a feature film called Forsaken which hasn't come out yet um, and then I went back to Vancouver which was my home base still for a month and while I was there one of the hundreds of self tape auditions I've done in my lifetime was for Black Box and uh, I sent it off after I'd been home for I think about a month And ended up hearing back from it. And the whole process was very quick. And uh, before I knew it, I was in New York and doing table reads and meeting everybody. So uh, when you say quick now mm -hmm. from the first
2: audition until you actually heard the word that you have the job. Uh, Do you know how long that process took?
3: You know what? It was a really unusual situation because I think that they'd had trouble casting the character. So it was way quicker than probably it ever would have been. Uh, I think that I sent my tape something around October 15th. And usually when you do that, they'll, uh, they'll fly you to L.A. or New York and you'll do a screen test with the main character. But because they were so crunched for time, they ended up using my tape as, as the testing material. And, um, I think they offered me the role within a week. We can oh, have. Not much waiting time at yeah. all, which is
2: great.
1: You don't that have to deal is, with
2: yeah. the nerves of, you know, wondering if you
1: got it or not.
3: Yeah, but. it was crazy. Now, um,
2: may I ask, uh, in terms of your performing background, how does that play into the auditioning process? How does that play into working with these amazing uh, professionals that have these incredible accolades like Vanessa Redgrave and mm-hmm. Kelly Riley just seems just so professional? Um, yeah how How does that background I would imagine you have very supportive parents to uh, get you in the performing arts at a young age right?
3: yeah, definitely. Uh, I didn't start acting until I was out of high school, so I was more involved with dance through my family and whatnot and and when I became involved in acting, it was kind of a foreign thing to all of us oh. so they're learning through me um, but in terms of working with that caliber of actor, it was it was pretty intimidating i guess in theory but i feel like when you meet the people that you at least the people that i was working with this cast they were so grounded and so humble and open and just made me feel so at home in new york and um it it all kind of wears off i feel like when you're in a scene with somebody you can't really be thinking about who you're acting with regardless of you know, if it's Kelly Riley or if it's someone you've had a celebrity right. crush on since you were two. Like, right. You know, got yeah. it. That leads yeah.
2: me into wondering what type of method do you prefer in terms of your acting technique? Mm-hmm. I have studied like at Playhouse West here in L.A. And I understand the Meisner technique. And I've studied Uta Hagen. From, right. You know, and mm-hmm. so who is your core, uh, you know, per, are, you, are you in the middle of st- continuing to study different methods
3: yeah um i i kind of like incorporating a little bit of everything not that i've trained in everything but but the things that i have trained in i like to take pieces from each of them that i feel really resonate with me um i did really enjoy meisner i took it for a while when i was living in vancouver and i loved it um and i think it taught me more than anything to be really present and really listen and give and take and whatnot so that i love but um Especially for a character like Esme that isn't that far from myself, uh, I was able to just, I think, try and be as naturalistic as possible and and come up with a complex backstory along with the other actors. We had our whole family figured out and uh, acting alongside such a high caliber of actor just made my job very easy because they're giving so much all the time. Right. Who,
1: who is your biggest influence, you think, in the acting world?
3: In the acting world? That's Where a really... Where do you draw your
1: inspiration from?
3: That's a really hard question. Um, there and, are so many. Yeah. yeah. There are so many. I mean, I love all the classic, you know, like Meryl Streep, Julianne Moore, mm-hmm. all those people. I have a ton of um, male idols as well, whose work I love. I love Andrew Garfield. um, There are so many Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman, I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Um, Uh
2: (laughs) Do you feel like you know your way around New York at this point? If you were to go back, or do you feel like you were pretty much um, between the Cube and...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. The Cube. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Um, No, I think I got a really good feel for the place, Uh, especially because they didn't have a car. Because I feel like nobody has a car in New York, unless yeah, it's they hard to have a car. Yeah. So you know they they how they to private. catch a cab now? I do now. I know how to catch a subway. Also. Oh, subway! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I do. I, I think it's a good city. It, it's a fairly easy city to navigate once you've really committed to doing it, and you know the grid. Right. the layout of everything. It's you great. You find your way around. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I've only been there once to New York City, but really? I did meet Catherine Hepburn. just huh? randomly. Oh, that's like, a good one. No. And she was with somebody, just locked arms, and they walked off into the night to go take the subway. I'm like, That's what? amazing. This is that's awesome. That's a New York
3: moment there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's very New York. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, I bet you had some amazing New York moments uh, offset, or were you pretty intensively working the entire time?
3: Not really. Um, to be honest, at the beginning of the season, I was working probably more than I was at the end. So it allowed for a lot of time to explore and whatnot. But I did find myself at times so overwhelmed with the amount that I wanted to do. Sometimes I just wouldn't do any of it. I'd be like, well, I want to go to the Met and the MoMA and Central Park and everything. And I want to go upstate. And uh, it was never ending. But by the last couple weeks, I was like, okay, Javon, you have three weeks. You need to do everything that you haven't done yet.
2: Any Broadway shows?
3: Um, I went to see Matilda. Oh, <laughs> good one. It was amazing. And
2: yeah. do you think that Broadway could be in your future?
3: I'd love to do theater. I would love it, especially coming from a dance background. I grew up being backstage, and there's nothing like that adrenaline.
2: Do you also have a passion to perhaps uh, cut your own record as a musical
3: yeah. artist?
2: Uh you can see that we we have a lot of faith
1: in you. We I you really it love all. that. Yeah. <laughs> that means so much to me.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I would I would love to. I think that's pretty high hopes. I have a lot of songs that I haven't really done anything with yet. I'm very secretive about my music. I'm very uncomfortable playing in front of people. So okay. um, that's something I have to work on, maybe a little musical confidence. And I was uh, studying
2: the type of instrument you play. Is it true that you are an expert violinist?
3: Yes, um, or I was when I was 14. (laughs) That's incredible. I mean,
2: the intricacy of playing that instrument is that, I mean, how long did it take?
3: I played for seven years. Okay. Yeah, and actually when I booked Black Box, um, Esme was written as as a pianist, but... Uh, Amy Holden-Jones was like, oh, so I hear you play violin. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. And we talked about the idea of maybe making Esme play violin, but it's just so much harder to cheat. It's not an instrument that sounds pretty unless you're playing it perfectly. Um. And uh, I think a lot of people on set would leave with headaches every day if Esme was a violinist, okay. which <laughs> is my fault. <laughs> but, you know, and yeah. In
2: terms of the episode tonight, you know, there, there was a saxophone player that was uh, a homeless man. He had mm-hmm. gone through some tragedy and found himself uh, living without his wife, you know, on the street. And uh, he then he was having a tremor, you know, in his hand and was unable to play. So then he finds his way to the cube uh, because, well, actually, Dr. Black, uh, technically your biological mother, uh, sees... Um, well, she was with her dad. They were spending a little quality time after having uh, some confrontation and some some deeper discussions. Well, uh, they see the sax player struggling and having this this shaking hand, and so then they go over there and sort of put a put a put an invitation on the situation. Uh, but but then the saxophone player sort of refuses that. But uh, and the
1: backstory was because his wife actually died on the table and the doctors had told him, you know, it's going to be fine. Trust us. And she didn't end up making it. So yeah. his reservations are do- due to that.
2: Yeah. That's some incredible, uh, realistic, uh, drama sort of happening there. Um, and in terms of the music that he found himself playing again, now that was amazing how it all unfolded tonight. I mean, in the <laughs> operating table, I'm like, we're having a jazz concert, like right here <laughs> with, with Bickman, none other than Dr. Bickman, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, pulling off the, the miracle with uh, Dr. Black's touch in there. But, uh, But, yeah, that was... We were
1: sort of just all in awe, and I was just wondering to myself, is this actually something that is possible? And, you know, we were talking about Mm -hmm. it, and it sounds like it's happened before.
3: Yeah. Which is
2: amazing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that is amazing.
3: Yeah, I was saying that my, my friend, actually, right before we watched this episode, he was saying that he knew... Of somebody because he had no idea what this episode was about. He was like, "Oh, I I know of a guitar player who had a tremor in his hand, and they had to do this crazy thing where he was awake, but they did surgery around his brain and prompted different things." And I was like, "That's what this <laughs> that episode is about. That's happened. pretty <laughs> random. <laughs> that's so yeah. random."
1: Yeah. It was weird.
2: So, in terms of you in the. uh the series Black Box, uh, starring in in Black Box, you play the piano, and there have been some different songs. Have you actually learned those songs, gotten more familiar with them, um, or is it just your wonderful acting? May I ask that? Can I can I do the behind-the-scenes reveal on that? Yes, <laughs> you
3: can. Um, actually, it's funny. In the very first episode, or no, sorry, the second episode, where I have the concert, the audition to get into the school that I'm going to, right. um, there was quite a complex song that, that I was meant to be playing and uh, so at home in Calgary I took a few piano lessons with um, a woman I knew in order to be able to actually replicate the song properly and I felt pretty good about it I didn't play it but I you know they have the the piano off basically they have an electric keyboard with no volume so that I can press the keys and if it's wrong it's fine because they have playback. Um, But then they ended up changing the song that was played in the final cut. So Uh. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to do that anymore. (laughs) Um, But for the most part, no, I actually just kind of play and it's added after. A lot of the time.
2: Well, because I really felt like you were a pianist after watching you tonight Thank when you. you were interacting with your grandpa uh, Hunter Black, the character that came back on scene, the lost daddy, so to speak, yeah. uh, musician. And he's lo and behold, he's been giving you piano lessons for about a month. Ah, yeah. To Catherine's then,
1: surprise. Yeah. Uh-oh. Which
2: is it's kind. It's very interesting how uh, Catherine sort of chimes in your life and chimes out of your life. Yeah. And, and you know, if you ever come into the truth of the big family secret everybody's been keeping the secret from you that can be extremely traumatizing yeah and definitely what an amazing character arc um in order to go there so i'm excited to see what's going to happen <laughs> in the episodes ahead and if you will be finding yourself dancing <laughs> <to anything>. <laughs> oh <laughs> that'd be maybe. great yeah maybe yeah. maybe <laughs> Going back to Hunter,
1: um, I really enjoyed this scene where he, he comes into Catherine's office and, you know, tries to make amends and gives her a necklace that belonged oh. to her mother. She calls and, him a manipulator, right? Yeah, she calls him out on it and she stands her ground. And I don't think most people, I think most people would soften up. At that point, but she she held her ground, and um, that just is a testament to how strong willed she is. Yeah, I
2: was so proud of that moment because it, it, then later on, when they're having the conversation, sort of off the street, and he said, "You wanted an apology," because at first he just gave the flippant, I- "I'm sorry." Right. And she's like, "That no, was not." Enough. Yeah. No. I love that. I was like, "Man, what a woman of strength!" Right. And then they're on the street, and and he decides to own his side of the street so to speak he decides to own all of his uh, mistakes and just really left her there i think i mean i had chills literally because yeah. i was like that was very cool to see a dad like owning his stuff and it was great how they use the operation
1: as a way for the two of them to come together work together and find that bond um I mean, I think that was a great storytelling technique.
2: Right. And I loved your interaction with Grandpa, the musician. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on in the show, uh, you find a pen when you're talking to Uncle Will, mm-hmm. uh, soon to be, so to yes. speak. And, yeah, it's this Hotel Mirabella. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you're just so so innocent. Uh, well, you were asking for a job. You, know? you yeah. wanted a part-time job, and you're like... Hey, can I come work with you? <laughs> and of course, I'll have a prediction on that one later at the show. Okay, <laughs> okay. but that was that was a really innocent moment. You're like, oh yeah, that's where that really handsome doctor. We yeah. saw him. We just happen to see
1: him. And we see Will's reaction to that. <laughs> yeah. and he is not happy. But you
3: wouldn't be threatened by that, would you, Will? No, just a <laughs> handsome surgeon. Yeah,
2: but yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was some good stuff yeah. here. So. Uh, yeah, when you're, does your character interact with him much more, Doctor Bickman? May I ask in the future episodes? Um,
3: I think no, I don't think so because I think we saw most of this stuff yeah. last week. There might be some more, um, but it's kind of funny because the first time Esme and Bickman ever met was in episode three when Esme came to the cube when she was doing her school student film. Right. And it was funny. That's right. It was funny the way that that scene was written because it was written just very much like. Oh, this is Dr. Bickman. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. And it ended up being very much like a 16 year old girl with a handsome older guy, kind of quite, um, flirtatious and whatnot. And, and everyone was laughing after the scene was done. Um, uh, was oh, that I, when he kissed her hand? Yeah. 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 Um, and then she kind of gives Catherine a look and don't do
0: that. that's my man.
3: but, uh, then they ended up writing in another scene, um, when we're shopping and I see the Mirabella. And then again, this scene again. So it was just kind of fun how they, they take the, you know, chemistry or whatever you want to call it between certain people, and they see a good kind of interaction or right. a fun right. thing. And, and
2: we're not quite sure where Esme's going with her uh, life, really, because she yeah. has a lot of ambition. Uh, being a pianist, potentially on a scholarship of some kind to, I mm-hmm. guess, go to an, a special arts school.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like a Juilliard equivalent for high school. Okay, yeah. right,
2: and. Yet at the same time she's experimental with uh, some for some something we don't know what really because the window was open I can't <laughs> imagine what that smell might be but yeah.
3: Uh, oh, a oh lot, yeah a lot of that scene got cut actually oh, Did a it? lot of no. that episode tell got cut. tell us more yeah. about the um, stuff that didn't
2: make it. because you and the teenage boy were just sitting there right
1: yeah just, just we were just
3: reading books nothing studying <laughs> <right? laughs> <Sitting>. um, maybe <laughs> um, no actually there wasn't much of that cut um, other than a comedy. Conversation, a longer conversation when David came in and busted us. And then there was a whole conversation between Kelly and I where she was like, You need to smarten up. And I was laughing so hard, I was falling off the bed. <laughs> it was, it kind of ended up getting serious. But uh, yeah, no, I think Esme's. That must mature-y. have been a
1: fun episode to film.
3: It was so fun. I spent that entire day because we film most of that stuff in one day. I spent the whole day wow. just with, you know, I kind of asked them to make my eyes look like I was, you know, really. On drugs, yeah, and so I spent the whole day kind of out of it like this by the time I went home, I just felt so weird. <laughs>
2: okay, so how many scenes do you normally film in a day?
3: Um, it's usually about six pages. Okay. so um, six pages would usually be maybe five, five or six scenes.
2: That's ramped pretty hard. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're having to get it out. so you have a lot of prep that you do before actually getting on set.
3: Yeah, that's right. So you get the episodes in advance. Um, Kelly, especially, would get them earlier because she had so much work to do. Um, Like a week or two? It just depends? It kind of, it really depends on how much they're revising the script of the time. Uh, Some of them would come out, you know, three weeks in advance and some we'd get a day or two before we started filming. So it really varied. And I was lucky in that I wasn't in every scene, so it wouldn't really mess with me if I didn't have much time. I was able to just sit down and do it. How long did it take
1: you to film the entire 13 episodes?
3: Uh, We started at the end of October, I think the 30th, and we went until the very end of uh, March. So six months? Yeah, six months. And then Um, right when you
1: wrapped up, did you come back to L.A.? Or did you in New York for a little bit?
3: Um, I stayed in New York, I think, for a week because I couldn't bear to leave. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard. I like yeah, and then I, I went home to Calgary for a week and Vancouver for a week, and then I came to L.A. for a little bit, and I'm kind of back and forth, bouncing around still. And have you
1: been in touch with the cast at all since you've wrapped is I it have. hard to keep
3: in touch? No, I, I have been a lot, actually. And, and some of us are in L.A. David Ajala was in L.A. for a while. David Chisholm lives near here. Uh, he plays my dad. There's a lot of Davids on the show. There are. <laughs> um, <laughs> David Rash, who plays my grandfather. Um, but Laura Fraser and I and Kelly and I are, are all extremely close. So I've kept in good touch with both of them. That's great. That's, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what... Who's the prankster on the show? Is it Vic? I would guess him.
3: <laughs> you know, they're actually, I always hear about pranks on sets, yeah. and I've never really experienced any of it. I kind yeah. of want to, but yeah. but there wasn't much of this. Actually, the, the show almost went through a name change um, about two months before we finished filming. So there were all these suggestions for uh, titles of the show, and some of those were pretty funny. Oh, um, But I think that was kind of the closest that we got to pranks.
2: Well, my prediction is if if they go into uh, like instead of the black box, if you have an emotional box that you're opening up, they call it Pandu- Pandora's, Pandora's box.
3: Oh, yeah. I like that. Yes.
2: Okay, so the, write me a role in there. So you
0: know <laughs> so, yes. So Bickman
1: wasn't much of a prankster.
3: What was he like? No, really he. Curious. I mean, I was I was saying the whole the whole charm of Bickman is very much ditch in real life. He's a very charming guy. Um, he's not. He doesn't have as many lines, though. Okay. I think Bickman uh-huh. has some pretty good lines. He's, yeah. He pretty much knows what he's got going on. Right. Ditch is very humble and and funny and down to earth, and and uh, he was always just hanging out on set. He's he's a really like warm, friendly, so sweet a, kind of a different guy. persona than Bickman. You know, yeah. I was
2: listening to him tonight, okay, and he sounds a little bit like Batman.
0: Ah, I've said right.
3: that to him before. Ah.
2: Yes. Yeah, I, I guess the, the total, uh, you know, hero and his yeah. voice. Yeah, we've <laughs> got to extract from the brain. Yeah. <laughs> so, what else have you been working on lately that you can share with us?
3: Um, well, the next thing I have coming out is a western that I did last summer, right before Black Box, called Forsaken. Forsaken. Um, yeah, it's yeah. with uh, Kiefer Sutherland and Donald Sutherland and Demi Moore. Michael Wincott um, and I played opposite Landon Liberon who's on Hemlock Grove um, that was really fun to shoot what uh, is your role in that? I play a girl named Emily Chadwick she's a 17 uh, a year old daughter of this family it takes place in the 1860s and essentially what happens is the Railroad comes in, so people start selling their land, and the people who don't sell their land are basically threatened until they do sell their land, and and my father's threatened because he doesn't want to leave, and and there's trouble with gunslingers in the town, and uh, I get involved with one of the young gunslingers, and I don't like that he's being a bad boy, so... I, uh, I tell them my thoughts. <laughs> do, you, do you have to have a southern accent in this? I don't have a southern okay. accent. It actually takes place in um, in Wyoming. Oh, very good. Uh, yeah, very good. so it was a different accent because of the time period, and I, I had to learn one, but it, oh. was, it was very different than Ooh. what I auditioned with anyway.
2: Ah, brilliant. Yeah. And when yeah, is that expected to, to, to come out? Hmm.
3: I think that's supposed to be fall. Okay. Yeah, they just got distributors for it, I believe, so I think that that'll be coming out around then.
2: Okay, we'll
1: definitely mm-hmm. be on the lookout for that. Sounds okay. like a great cast to be a part of. Oh,
3: it was amazing. It was so inspiring. Yeah.
2: Now, you don't have any siblings on the show Black Box, but mm-hmm. do you in real
3: life? Um, I don't actually okay. no. Okay, mm-hmm. I was
2: curious about that. Yeah. And then in terms of your parents, I want to ask. Uh, it seems mm-hmm. like they're very supportive mm-hmm. of the performing arts, and you said dance in particular. Uh, that they were. Was your was your mother a dancer, or how did you come into the performing? How did they realize that? Oh, you've got this gifting, and they need to sort of encourage this. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm real curious.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, when I was very young, we lived in Newfoundland. Uh, in Canada on the east coast and we lived in quite a secluded little house right on the ocean and I would always put on like the one or two TV channels that we had and the Nutcracker would always be playing for some Mm. reason they always had ballet on this channel (laughs) and from the time I was I think three years old I was dancing in front of the TV pretending I was in the ballet so I think that once we moved to Calgary they decided that I probably would love to be in dance classes and so I did that for a long time until I was uh, 14, and then I joined the professional division at the School of Alberta Ballet, which is a pretty intense program. It's six days a week. It's like 30, Ooh, 30 hours a week. very and,
2: intense, and at yeah. such a young age.
3: Yeah, and so I did that for three years, and then got quite badly injured. So oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I had to quit, and then I was devastated, oh, <laughs> because oh. dance is my life, and it was going to be my career, and, um, but, uh, then I fell into acting a few years later with my first job in Calgary, and, uh, my parents, I mean, my mom's a beautiful visual artist. She's a phenomenal painter, and she does stained glass and, and things. But in terms of performing arts, neither of them have really ever been much into that. So I, I was kind of the one that they were you like, okay, the do your family. thing. Yeah, and they'll, su- <laughs> they'll support me because they know what makes me happy and what I love to do. So Very good. Yeah. Now, as far as dance, was it mainly ballet that you were mm-hmm. focused on? Yeah, it was ballet six days a week, and then I did um, other classes like two or three days a week kind of thing. Nice yeah it's a dangerous sport ballet for your body wow. right so it can really tear
2: your feet up bad mm-hmm. yeah yeah, that's amazing um well so your your parents uh they uh they're also encouraging you then now with acting and and mm-hmm. they're sort of the, you know loving and supportive, or do you have any obstacles there?
3: No, um, not anymore. I definitely went through the thing when was like, okay, when are you going to go to school? Mm-hmm. And I did. Um, I went to college for a year, uh, but it wasn't – and I loved it. I loved all yeah. my classes, but there wasn't really a specific program that drew me. So I figured I might as well pursue something that I'm sure about, which was acting at the time. So instead of doing that, I was like, I'm just going to save my money and move to Vancouver and start a career. And uh, I – think i decided when i went to vancouver i was like i'll give it a year and if nothing happens in a year i'll move back and after a year it made sense to renew my lease and and things just kind of worked out from there and uh now in the last few years since since i've done black box and hell on wheels and things like that then my parents have been very very supportive and now i think they fully see it as a career um do you guys ever do viewing parties together not really viewing parties. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you all sit on the couch <laughs> and watch, <laughs> but it's only, like, you know, four or five of us. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard because I'm, I'm rarely home also. I'm rarely in Calgary. So when I am, it's limited in terms of what I've done that's on TV. Right.
1: And now <laughs> yeah. you're here in L.A. auditioning
3: mm-hmm. and working. Yeah. How exactly. often do
1: you
2: audition, may I ask, uh, for... <laughs> I mean because you've gone through an incredible sort of rigorous uh and uh, maturing I would think uh doing 6 months in New York with Black Box mm-hmm. and and just all that goes into that so um now you're you're sort of primed um for a lot of other roles and I would imagine that you're getting out quite <laughs> a bit.
3: Yeah, um it's probably been like between 5 and 12 a week I guess. It's pretty pretty frequent. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. That's incredible. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, because I audition for things back in Canada and things down here as well. So it, it really varies. And one week will be completely empty and there'll be nothing. And then the next week, everyone in LA is just like, let's cast our movie today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is your personality <laughs> so, type uh, flexible and you like kind of, oh, I can have it or not have it? Or do you do you do better when you're when you're work, work, work?
3: Um, I like to be working. Okay. I mean, I, I do miss it when I'm not. Uh, I really like having... Having something to focus on and and work really hard on Mm -hmm. um, in terms of kind of being all over the place. But it's inspiring being here because there are so many great projects. There are so many beautiful characters that I've gotten the chance to play in the last week even. So it's nice to be exercising all of those muscles and, and keeping them all fresh because then you can access them. It sounds like up. we're going to be seeing you in a
2: lot of great things lately.
3: I hope so. <laughs>
2: so <laughs> what, on a personal note, I have to ask you, what do you think would be the perfect age to get married?
3: The perfect age to get married? <laughs> wow, like for me? or yeah, For me. For,
2: for you personally.
3: I mean, I don't know. I'd probably have to meet someone first. <laughs> okay, yeah. But I think probably uh, in my 30s maybe. Okay. I mean, okay. yeah. Okay,
2: so you like the idea of of career and you're you're good with that for a while. Yeah, okay. I'm
3: I'm a pretty career oriented person. Um if I were to meet the right person then it could totally you know, sometimes right. you meet someone and you're like, they okay, flip this right. yeah, I would get married tomorrow. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, I guess it would really depend on the person. But I'm all for getting married. Because I've a heard little it bo-
2: both ways. Like have you ever dreamed of a lot of children or is that No. A-
3: okay. That's never really been my and I heard recently. That depends on the guy too. So, someone
2: yes. was saying like, uh, they fell in love. They never thought they would, uh, want to have a lot of children. All of a sudden they just wanted to have all these babies. Yeah. And so it just happened. Like, yeah. So that was interesting to me because I thought you kind of always had to plan it since you were a little girl. But
3: the things you yeah, learn. I don't know. It changes. When I was really little, I said, no babies. That hurts way too much. I can't believe anybody does that. <laughs> and then when I got a build older, I was like, no, no kids ever still. Um, but yeah. then in the last couple of years, I've been like, I can see why people want kids. It's like the next logical step, you yeah. know, when you're, it you're ready. It changes as you,
1: as you yeah. age. It depends on,
2: like you said, the, the guy. So, so how yeah. are you going to meet the guy? <laughs> That's what um, we're, we've got to lay out the plan.
3: Here. <laughs> okay, tweet I really me. Don't know. Tweet me yeah. guys. <laughs> I accidentally sent a twitter out yesterday, a tweet out yesterday that said, "Hey stranger, give me your number." And I meant to send it to my friend Reese, but I didn't tag it and it was just like stranger, give oh, me your no! number to everyone on twitter. Oh, and I was wow, like, number. "No, that's not that's not <laughs> what I meant." Okay. TMZ
2: yeah.
1: update.
3: <laughs> yeah. in terms of how to meet them, I I really don't know. I guess whenever you're not looking for it, the people tend to They come around them. Yeah, that is so true.
1: Yeah.
2: And
3: I really had heard that when I was younger.
2: I was work on yourself and become the person that you really want to be and then you'll attract the kind of person that you want. And yeah. Instead of trying to focus on the other person being your everything, because that will never happen. That's what do they call that? The Pac Man and the anyway. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. People chew each other up and spit each other out. But Black Box is not about that, right? No. No.
3: Mm-hmm. No,
2: not at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's some episodes there. <laughs> well, it's a very interesting love triangle, that's for sure. Um, is there any favorite uh, case study, any favorite part of the show that you've uh, just really enjoyed? Have you enjoyed learning about maybe the case studies? Uh, because there's, you know, fascinating uh, things that happen with the brain, and we're always talking, kind of breaking it down, like, like Dr. Lena. Uh, she's yeah. agoraphobic, and I had to look that up. I had to. Yeah, I that did out. too, actually. Oh, mm-hmm. good. So we'll talk about what that means in the news segment coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That'll be our news. <laughs> Perfect. I do have
1: one question. I've been thinking about that since this is such a sophisticated medical drama. Do you guys bring in? like a neuro-consultant like neuro onto the show yeah. to talk you
3: guys through things? Mm-hmm. We have a few. We have um, medical consultants in the writer's room when they're actually writing the episodes. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a medical consultant on set who goes over all the terminology or any questions or, you know, if they're doing a brain surgery. He's, he actually has his PhD, he went to Harvard. His name's Russian. and he's amazing. Um, and he would be like, no, no, this is how you would hold the whatever, or this is where you'd press the... This part of the brain, so they mm-hmm. have. So They work a, hand in hand. Yeah, it's quite a full full fledged team. Very cool. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, we thank you so much for you know for coming here with us and and just talking about the show. And uh, taking time out because I mean oh, that's a lot God. of auditioning in a week. I know. I mean that's a lot. You're creating You're a, busy a lot, girl. and uh, you put putting amazing uh, layers on this character while keeping her sort of simple.
1: Thank and, you. And I
2: can't wait to see what's going to come up. In and the we next can't wait episode. to see all of your yeah. other projects. Oh in no. the future. I'm sure there's going to be plenty.
3: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Yeah. I well, it. it's so much fun. And do you have um, anything else that you would like to share? Did we leave anything out? Is there something that? Uh, that you wanted to share with that with that perfect person out there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, not oh,
3: really. I'm hearing a
2: little song coming on.
3: Oh, my oh. that was not. That was just vibrato. That was, just, <laughs> that was see.
2: That was just um, natural. I look forward to hearing more singing in the future.
3: Yeah, um, singing lessons. The weight of my heart. Just get me singing lessons. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you, Siobhan, for joining us and just being here with us. And we're going to give you our Twitter addresses here in just a bit. We've got July 4th coming up tomorrow. Yep, uh, no. So... You know, so God bless America. I'm I'm thankful to be here in the USA. There's so much opportunity right now. We have an amazing country. I love capitalism. Anything else you want to hear from me?
3: <laughs> my first American July Fourth in oh, the state. Oh, we can spend it with you. A few hours. Ooh, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Happy July Fourth! Uh, yeah. Absolutely,
2: Absolutely. absolutely. Little <sighs> Yankee Doodle. Yes. Dandy, and uh I'm
1: gonna have that song stuck in my head. <laughs> I like now. I'm
3: gonna sing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I might, I might, but but I, oh oh, well. Yankee Doodle went to town (laughs) riding Ah. on a pony. Okay, we're gonna do (laughs) it. And that was awful. See, I'm I'm a little on the tone-deaf side. Sing like her. Doctor Black is not alone tonight. (laughs) All right. Well, any prediction? Do you want to make any predictions or any news, real quick? (laughs) Oh, predictions. Oh.
1: Why don't you go first? I'm still all right. Let me let me take a peek here here,
2: because we were going to say for sure. Yeah, Doctor Black and Bickman have not finished their relationship. Matter of fact, they're just getting it started. Um, Oh well, let me just jump real quick. Leo, I believe, is going to ace step two, and I think he is going to uh, be able to stay at the cube. That with the help of
1: the device that Doctor Lark gave him.
2: Right, Doctor Lena. Is, oh uh, right, Dr. Lena. Yeah, Lena because back. because oh okay, perfect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, we have. Oh, <laughs> <the complaint>, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I think that uh, it's it's going to be interesting. But one of my favorite lines from him, just really quickly, is we can't rewrite the past. He was telling Leo, uh, you know, he, he had a lot of, Dr. Beckman, he said, we can't rewrite the past because he was kind of slapping him down saying, yeah, you've had the brain tumor. Sorry, you're not going to be in the cube. And he said, is there anything I can do to change your mind? He said, yeah. He said, you can A-step two. So I'm going out on a limb. I'm voting for you, I'm Leo. I'm rooting for Leo. Yeah. And especially, like you say, with the brain stimulation. Excellent point. Yeah. What is your prediction? Uh,
1: well, Will wasn't too happy when he saw the pen. So I predict that there's going to be a fight. Um, they Ooh. Their relationship has been on the rocks, you know, the past two episodes. And, you know, we see her confess to Bickman that she has feelings for him. And it doesn't seem like she's going to go forward with marrying him. So I think it's going to come to... Um, it's, it's going to come to a, a big conversation about where the relationship will go.
2: Yeah, we've, we've seen that. We've seen that. Uh, ooh, I'm interested. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. You think it's going to be a fist fight? Ooh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a showdown because uh, Esme Black is going to be working at the restaurant, oh. you see. And Delilah's at the restaurant. Okay, Great. so there's yeah. going to be a double Don't showdown. Don't ever forget about
1: Delilah. She so, always comes out
2: oh, yeah. Works. Oh yeah, she's one manipulator. <laughs> Alright, well that sounds really good. In terms of the news, I did say that just very quickly, agoraphobia in the news. Would you like to break that down, Teresa, real quick? Agoraphobia? Yes. Uh, a, a fear of open spaces, pretty oh, much. right, yes. Yeah. Open spaces, so public
1: spaces.
2: Alright, so Twitter? Uh, Twitter addresses? Teresa? You can find me at Teresa Law on Twitter. And you can find me at Mindy Charlotte and you can find Siobhan in upcoming movies, you know, Black Box mm-hmm. ne- Ne- next week, um, Black Pretty Box. Pretty much ruling was- the world.
3: <laughs> 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 thank you.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. A lot of good breakdown here. And thank you again, Chabon, for joining us. Thank you. And happy July 4th. Happy 4th. God Hi. bless America. Happy July 4th. That's my Yankee beetle.
0: From <laughs> executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network.